Next on BYU Sports Nation, live from Las Vegas, BYU basketball hoping eight is great. Eight years in the West Coast Conference. What are your realistic expectations this time around? BYU basketball head coach Dave Rose will join us to discuss preparations for an unknown opponent. And will Gavin Baxter play Saturday? Plus, BYU's number one in at least two things today. Hashtag quest for perfection. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hello from Las Vegas. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio V or Studio B South, whichever you prefer. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Thursday, March 7th, wherever and however you are joining us. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Golden Nugget bouncer, Jerem Jordan. Man, I had to uh, kick a lot of people out last night. It got weird. (laughs) I work one week a year, and uh, it was last night. No, it's great to be here. Uh, We celebrated five years of the show being on TV. This is our sixth West Coast Conference tournament for the show. Ninth for BYU TV, and we've got four games today. You're calling like 4,000 games at this tournament. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Uh, I'll be behind the scenes producing, but um, it's going to be really fun. And we've got uh, a great crew in Provo, great crew in Vegas ready to uh, bring the whole tournament uh, with ESPN to everybody, men and women. I received the following feedback yesterday in regard to the post we sent out of our first ever simulcast broadcast, which was right here at this location, and heard, wow, you were a lot skinnier, and you looked a lot younger. And I was like, all right. I agree with one of those two. I'm not going to tell you which one. <laughs> yeah. and, and, yes, and, please don't tell me. Yeah, we're, we're expecting a really big crowd um, for the show today. Um, there's Quiet, literally no. like seven people in the building. Mm-hmm. So um, it's kind of fun because we can just say, yeah, we have one person over here waving us. Um, we can kind of kind of say whatever we want, and the whole arena will hear us. Echo. Oh, Echo. Echo. Yeah, it's kind of fun. The one person down on the court's like, what the heck's going on? Who's up there? It's Vegas. Get some security. We're doing it big in Vegas. Our show lineup includes a tradition of historic proportions. Our first guest ever in the simulcast of the show's history, West Coast Conference Associate Commissioner Jeff Toriel will join us in 15 It's minutes. a tradition. He's our first guest in Vegas. It always happens. His case to the NCAA Tournament Committee for the West Coast Conference getting two bids on the men's side of the bracket. Also, BYU head basketball coach Dave Rose joins us. He's got a new addition to his roster for next season, and he's a local product to Las Vegas, and how will the perceived first-team All-West Coast Conference snub for T.J. Haas affect Dave Rose's star point guard in Las Vegas? From Studio V, these are your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball announces the addition of Taylor Miller to the roster for the 2019-2020 season. He's a 6'2 guard out of Palo Verde High School here in Las Vegas. Like a lawyer, the state of Nevada in scoring 27 points a game as a senior. Miller recently returned from his church mission to North Carolina, basketball state. In December, he began practicing with BYU in January. He's redshirting, so he'll be a redshirt freshman next year. BYU baseball hosts Milwaukee tonight, not the Brewers, the Panthers, for the first of a four-game series at Miller Park. Listen to it on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern. Cougars have won six of the last seven games. BYU men's golf star Peter Quest, for perfection, ranked number one for Team USA in the Arnold Palmer Cup rankings. The Arnold Palmer Cup is the collegiate equivalent 
of the Ryder Cup, where the best of the U.S. will take on an international squad of collegiate golfers slated for June 7th through the 9th in Norman, Oklahoma. We're not done with That's the That's awesome. Golf news. Oh, it's fantastic. Rose Huang on the women's side named the WCC Golfer of the Month for February with an average score of just over 74 strokes. Huang led BYU in scoring at both tournaments last month and continues play at the Entrada Classic on Monday and Tuesday. Very nice. Good golf school. BYU's golf school, right? Look at that. They're a top 25 program on both sides. Number 16, BYU Gymnastics competes at number 11, Boise State, tonight, 9 Eastern. Cougars took second against the Broncos in Provo in February, but BYU earned its highest score of the season in that meet, 196-9. Woo! There are... Ranked teams all over the map. It's fantastic. The Olympic sports continue to crush it at BYU. And I want the Olympic sports to get gold medals. The basketball. If they're the teams, Olympic sports, let's get some gold, right? Yeah. And the basketball team's hoping to do something special here in Las Vegas this time around. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Eight years in the West Coast Conference for BYU Athletics and BYU men's and women's basketball, hoping the eighth is great in Las Vegas at the WCC Basketball Championships. Yeah, the women have enjoyed multiple titles here at the Orleans and great success. The men still searching for their first conference tournament title of any sort since 2001 and this year the number one team in america is gonzaga it's their invitational goliath the gonzaga invitational right hosted by the west coast conference i see a different name listed which is kind of weird but anyway jerem what are your realistic west coast conference tournament expectations for byu in 2019 to win the non-gonzaga west coast conference tournament title aka Get to Tuesday and just see if you can't have the game of your life and win, right? I, I think that's the goal for BYU. BYU can wreck St. Mary's NCAA tournament hopes again. Right now, Lenardi has St. Mary's two out. If BYU wins Saturday against San Diego, Portland, or San, uh, Santa Clara, we'll find out who that is Friday night, then they'd play St. Mary's on Monday in the semifinals. And again, if BYU did, did what they do, did last year, then uh, they knock St. Mary's out. So I think that's the goal. Also, win Saturday, you get 20 wins. That's a that's a notable accomplishment to have 14 straight years of that, of 20-plus wins. And that would You're seem, never bad, right? That's awesome. That would seem extra nice given BYU starting 8-7 and seven in non Yes, and I know we all want to get to the NCAA tournament. I'm not, I'm not you know, downplaying that. It's a disappointment if you don't. The standard's high. But uh, I, I think if BYU can be in a game where if you win that game, you go to the NCAA tournament, albeit likely against Gonzaga... That's the goal. Just give yourself a chance. Yeah, how would that? And St. Mary's understands. They know very well that they are they've two got, out in Lenardi's bracket. If they, win beat BYU, if they beat BYU on Monday, then their That's case their only shot. to get into the tournament gets that much stronger. Yes, and, and if they beat Gonzaga, they'd be in. But as an at-large, their only shot is to win Monday. They got one chance. Can the Cougars play the spoiler card again against St. Mary's in the semifinals? And until last year, they had never played St. Mary's in the tournament. Right. Right. So the, the goal is oh, to sorry. Play. Until two years ago, yeah, two years ago, that was that was a bad night. That was a bad semifinal. And last year was, last a year was great better. Night. Yes. Could yeah. they make it three years in a row against St. Mary's in the semifinals? Got to win Saturday night. So yeah, my expectations start there. Beat whoever the Cougars are going to play: San Diego, Santa Clara, or Portland. It's not going to be Portland. San Diego or Santa Clara. Everyone's got a shot, Spencer. Except for Portland. Play a close, competitive game on Monday night, and hopefully have a chance to get in that one-game scenario for the right to play in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and, and listen. It would take Gonzaga's BYU, worst and BYU's best. Yeah, BYU's probably not winning that game, but you don't play sports in probably. 
Like, I just want to – BYU lost by 30-plus in the two meetings. Like, 99% chance BYU loses that game. But I, I just want BYU to get to that game. One, because it means they won two games in this tournament. And two, because, okay, okay, what, what if the craziest thing ever happened and BYU beat the number one team in this setting where it's harder to win in Spokane than Spokane? Jeremy, if BYU gets to Tuesday night, the Cougars will have 21 wins. Yep. They will have be in the NIT. two quad one victories. Oh, so are they in the pup? No. That would earn them, my point for bringing that up, that Maybe would a earn BYU game. a home game in the NIT. Maybe a home game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. I like that. The tournament begins today with the 7 through 10 matchups on uh, both the men and women's sides. The 5 and 6 yeah! seeds. Yeah, that's right, Karan. The 5 and 6 seeds come in uh, tomorrow, then the 3 and 4 seeds on Saturday. That's where BYU enters the fray. So, Spencer, which of the three teams, Santa Clara, San Diego, or Portland, do you least want BYU to face on Saturday? It's San Diego. It's crazy. They're Even the though BYU just won by 14. Yes, but if you remember, San Diego is the one team that has beaten BYU in the quarterfinals here in the West Coast Conference. <gasps> Matt Carlino ain't walking through that door. And that San Diego team was not better than this year's San Diego team. The Toreros didn't play great in Provo. They did make it interesting at the end, and I'm not sure why BYU has continued to struggle in the last 10 minutes of games coming down the stretch. But San Diego has a senior-laden, experienced team. They were up 14 on BYU with 12 minutes to play in the Slim Gym, and then BYU goes on that crazy run to come back and win that game. And BYU downed some shakes and took care of business. It's hard to beat a team three times in the same season. One of those Unless you beat them three times. Great cliches. <laughs> talent, I mean, straight up talent-wise, in my perspective, San Diego has the most talent of any team that BYU could potentially face out of these three opponents. They're the most experienced, yeah, the most talented. And this team has had to battle back from several individual injuries to key players. Isaiah Wright, Olin Carter III, uh, Masalski as well in that mix. So they kind of feel like they're back. They would, oh man, do you think they'd be motivated if they had another chance to play BYU on Saturday night? Well, they'll be motivated because their season's on the line. Potentially, yeah, and, and they're seniors. Uh, postseason. Most of them are them seniors. Well. It's like, hey, our our season CBI, is yeah. on the line. Yeah. Right, five seniors on that team. To me, it's Santa Clara because they're kind of the wild card in this conversation. We both agree that Portland's got little to no chance uh, to advance to Saturday. I mean, if they came, if they beat San Diego, that'd be a that'd be a really nice win. For Trust me, from my, my perspective, boy Terry yeah. Porter. I don't want BYU to play San Diego, so I'm the hugest Portland Pilots fan. Yeah, I think uh, the answer to Santa Clara. BYU's played them once, and it was a long time ago. It was January 12th. BYU won by six at home. So they're the wild card in this whole thing, okay? Just beat San Francisco. Santa Clara's won three of four, beat San Francisco, although it feels like everyone but BYU's been doing that lately. Joseph Rankage, Trey Wirtz, Tajidi. These guys can play. Veteran head coach and Herb Sendek. I don't want to play Santa Clara. Um, yet... The whole three thing with San Diego is intriguing, but Santa Clara's like, what are they? How, do, how does BYU match up with those guys? It's been so long, and it was a close game when they played once. Portland hasn't won a conference game all year. That's Can tough. they rally the troops? Is it's like, hey, we're not going winless? Like, is no this, one thinks we can win. Win those one BYU for the guys Gipper. think you suck. Let's go. Can can <laughs> they put enough together to beat San Diego? At least win one game. The answer is no, but yeah. I'm. Yeah, we'll see. It's it's Either March. Way, it's March. Either way, BYU's going to play a pretty good team on Saturday night. Yeah, I think uh, I think the seven seed San Diego is the scariest seven seed I can remember at this tournament. Seven seed, they feel like a five seed, which speaks wow. to the depth of the conference. And the West Coast Conference is ranked number eight in the Ken Palm ratings, and yeah. that's the highest that it's been the, since BYU joined the, the league. WCC. Certainly better. Yeah. 
there there are better teams. There there'll be more postseason teams in the CBI and CIT. Right? Basketball in March. Go figure. But we are continuing to discuss spring football for yeah. BYU because that's also happening in the month of March. We talked a lot about the quarterbacks for good reason. Jaron Hall as the projected backup. Joe Critchlow there fighting for that number two spot as Zach Wilson recovers from surgery. We, re- we recently discussed the depth of the BYU running backs. But, Jerem, what about the wide receivers? What about the guys wide out that are going to catch the ball from Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, and Joe Critchlow? Who will BYU's best receiver be? Moving forward. Okay, we're not talking tight ends, just wide receivers. Uh, let's talk about the guys that are returning that you're familiar with. Okay, Leva Hifo, Gunnar Romney, Talon Chumway, Neil Pau, Micah Simon. Those are basically the, the – they've played and caught a pass, and you recognize them, right? Other dudes that could be in the mix for this, Chase Roberts out of American Fork High School, Under Armour All-American, uh, appears to be playing before a mission. Jackson McChesney will be back from a mission uh, after Lone Peak. Uh, you know, he's like a, a slot guy in space that could be good. Um, who the best receiver will be? Probably the leading returning wide receiver in yards from last year, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. I'll go with Aleva Hifo because he is that man. He is BYU's returning leading wide receiver in yards with 358. And that's a really low number. 358, the leading receiver was a tight end, Matt Bushman. We're talking receivers only, with 5'11". BYU did not get the pass game going. Um, they made a, a quarterback switch from Tanner Mangum to Zach Wilson because it wasn't good enough. And uh, I still think BYU can make great strides in the passing game next season. So I agree with you. I think it's a Levahifo. And I think he's the most dynamic, big play receiver that BYU has. And it is concerning that you come back with 300 and change as your leading returning guy. It's really But little. BYU spread the ball around when they did start to throw it to Dallin Holker, Matt Bushman, Aleva Hifo, Talon Shumway, Gunnar Romney, and Dylan Colley. Like, there were a bunch of pass catchers that started to trend in the right direction late yeah. in the season. Yeah, it's getting better. doesn't mean it was good, but it was better. The encouraging news for me here is basically everybody's back except for Dylan Colley. So you're going to start on August 29th against Utah with Hifo, Shumway, Bushman, Moroni Lalupututau, and Gunnar Romney, and then maybe some of these new guys that you brought up. Let's present the other side of this discussion. So there's always an assumption of improvement. Um, what if there isn't? What if you need kind of fresh blood and some newcomers to get in the mix to raise the game? I, I like the guys BYU brings back, but we've seen, but we said this same thing the year before. Hey, these guys are coming back. So hopefully they can make a jump because BYU's playing a really tough September and you need guys to get separation and to get down the field. It's one thing for Aleva Hifo to make a great catch and a juke on a, a Western Michigan Bronco. It's another at Tennessee. It's another against USC, Washington, and Utah. It's another in the tough October as well. So these receivers need to play well. And, and we didn't discuss the tight ends. We're just discussing wide receivers. Right, but just the tight receivers. ends will lead the pass catchers. But these wide receivers need to make plays on the edges and stretch the field vertically. It is a committee that I feel confident has the experience they need. And I'm not so much focusing on improvement. Yes, you hope that naturally there is improvement. The longer you're with the program, the longer you spend time with your coaches, the continuity, more time in the film sure, room, sure. you you naturally perceive that. But I, I just feel comfortable that BYU has experience on the field when they open the season in how many days? Countdown to the youths. It has a nice ring to That's it because a nice it's number. 
kind of got that even feel to it. One, yeah. Even though it's an odd number, it's well, it, it's integer of twenty five. One seventy five. I don't think I've said yeah. integer on this show. In the <laughs> episodes. Is that a positive integer? I don't even know if I use it correctly. <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't know. <laughs> what is an? I didn't. Integer? I didn't take a math class at BYU. I didn't. Good for you. Not a single now, one. That's your best accomplishment as a student. I don't know how I did it. Did you I avoided actually avoided a math class at BYU? I'll Good tell you for you. How that, how that worked. Good for you, Jerem. <laughs> Our question of the day. What are your realistic expectations for BYU at the West Coast Conference Tournament? Utilize all that math as you answer this question. The do math. <laughs> Time to hear from you, BYU Sports Nation, and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At McKay underscore Allen says on Twitter, BYU is the three seed, so would say win one game for sure, split the season series with St. Mary's and have identical conference records, so I say 50% chance to beat the Gales, then whoever goes to the title game does not lose by 20-plus to the Zags. And a laughing emoji following that. Hashtag bold, not so bold prediction. (sighs) See, I, I made a pick that BYU would be within... 20 in Spokane and was feeling good about that with 10 minutes to go. And then all of a sudden it escalated to 34, just like that. I was in a decent mood until we started breaking down the margin of loss. (laughs) So when he says hashtag bold, not so bold prediction, being within 20 against the Zags has an element of boldness too. That's how good they are. Coming up, Dave Rose will join us. Will TJ Haas use the All-West Coast Conference second team slide as a motivator? And the West Coast Conference Associate Commissioner Jeff Toriel on the program. A tradition truly unlike any other continues. Gonzaga's number one in the country. Is it national championship or bust for the Zags? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU TV's coverage of the West Coast Conference Basketball Championships begin today at 3 Eastern. On the women's side, the 8-9 matchup, Portland and San Francisco. After that, 7-seed Santa Clara, 10-seed San Diego. Then the men's 7-10 through 10 play, 8-seed Pepperdine, 9-seed Pacific, and 9 Eastern, and then San Diego and Portland in the nightcap. Four games today. Let's go, baby. Live from Studio V. With your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN On Demand. You can download the BYU Sports Nation podcast. Always watch the show, BYUSN.com. Our question of the day, what are your realistic expectations for BYU at the West Coast Conference Tournament? At DB underscore Nelson 22, in on Instagram. Get to Tuesday and then play like they've got nothing to lose. Maybe things get weird. Yeah, we talk about that. We want things to get weird. You know? Yes. Yes. If it's close with under five minutes to go, and it's like ruin Gonzaga's uh, spring break. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that the even o- a loss to BYU would ruin Gonzaga. The only thing break. that would ruin it is if they ran out of like steak at TGIF in the Orleans. That's the only <laughs> thing that would ruin Gonzaga. Stock it up. Oh, they're yeah. prepared. They're pre- they know they, they know. know the influx know. that is All coming every year. MDs. Yeah. Yes, and Spokane has been. It's been a brutal winter up there. So they are more than it's been willing a great winter actually to get out. Number one in the country. That's true. Who cares about the weather? It'll warm the heart a little bit. Uh, We would like to warm everyone's heart as well here uh, in Las Vegas and bring on the West Coast Conference Associate Commissioner, friend of the program, 
Jeff Torrio. He's always our first guest. He is our first guest ever in simulcast history, and so we have to keep this tradition rolling, man. Welcome back. That's the only reason I still got a job. So <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. You have a beard now. I do. It looks good. Thank you. You like it? I do. Yeah. Thank you. It was brought up in our pre-production meeting because it is so nice. You guys are too kind. <laughs> I mean, we, we love having you here, but that's just over the top kind. Yeah, yeah. I, I like your. Uh, is this a new title, or you've always had this? Broadcast administration and strategic communication. It's a lot of words. That's a very good LinkedIn title. I it, like it. it. It's very LinkedIn. Uh, I couldn't necessarily break it down for you. Um, but... <laughs> It's a lot of words. It's good. We just and, call you the utility knife of the West Coast Conference. Yeah, and we work closely with you in this whole thing. So, yeah, we're excited to be back. So let's talk about this particular tournament. Um, I guess what what can we expect? What uh, is the conference rolling out for the 2019 edition of this tournament? Yeah, it's gotten bigger and better every year. It's not pressure or anything. It's <laughs> gracious. Uh, no, we're, we're super excited. And I think, I mean, as you guys were talking about and have really talked about the last couple of months because – both on the women's side and the men's side, things have been so competitive with a couple of large exceptions. But the conference as a whole on both sides is so comp- – I mean, these games are generally going to be wild, and I can't wait to see what unfolds. The the league is better, and we saw that in non-conference play, 100 wins. Granted, every, everyone played two more, but the winning percentage was really high. So uh, the 7 through 10 games are going to be maybe better than they've ever been, like you talked about. And then we're back to the uh, – you know the format that it was. So it's unique in that one, two weight and three, four weight, five, six weight. That's right. And, and, and that was done really to reward and, and um, focus on the regular season and really reward teams for regular season success, putting more meaning back into the regular season. Uh, and we think we've, we've done that. And, and that's one component of our basketball enhancement plan. And Jeremy touched on it. The fact that really one through 10, everybody has improved in the non-conference and scheduled appropriately for where their programs are. And that's really what it was intended to do is set us all up to kind of lift the tide and help everybody out. And obviously having the number one team in the country and quite possibly the very best team in the country doesn't hurt either. Didn't Mark, Mark Few complained a few years ago, right? About the bottom seven? Well, they've been better. He got what he wanted. Oh, right? he, he has. They got more than what they wanted what during wanted. the summer yes. as well. Yeah. And I'm just looking at that number seven seed line, and I see San Diego men's basketball, and I'm like, what in the world? Is that the best number seven seed ever? I, that's what I said. I said, oh, my goodness. That's a team that scares you. Yeah. Like, how does that team slip to the seven, seven seed line? And, and again, it's uh, all an indication of the, the conference improving. I know you've had a longstanding uh, relationship with the Orleans Arena and the, at the West Coast Conference, and we're back here again. We exp- anticipate another great show, um, but always potentially expanding horizons and contract years. So where, where does the West Coast Conference stand in terms of their relationship with Las Vegas and the Orleans? Well, I mean, as, as you know, obviously the city of Las Vegas has embraced our event and the our, the West Coast Conference fans have in, embraced coming to Las Vegas and really making this a, an annual pilgrimage. And the event has been sold out every year. We've loved working with the Orleans. They've been fantastic. The city's support has been awesome. This is the last year of our contract, and we may have an announcement later this week. Okay. 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 That's Alrighty. called a tease in right. the biz. Yeah. Well done, Jeff. Yeah. Yes, right. the Thanks. broadcast administration strategic and strategic communications, communications guy. Nice. Yep. <laughs> not just a poser on LinkedIn. You That's actually right. do it. Thank you. Uh, Gonzaga. <laughs> by the way, Jerem, I'm just yeah. to interrupt you because I'm looking. You're looking at our website. Thank you for the web traffic. Yeah, yeah. And it lists all the games in Pacific time, but you seamlessly converted that to Eastern time coming out of the break. I mean, that. That conversion, that math. That's We're you know, coast you know, to coast, Jeff. I, I didn't take a math class at BYU, but I'm good at time math because I produce a lot. 
So I just added three. It's, I mean, but that's it's not that hard on the fly. Like that's I'm, impressive. Uh, I know. That's I, impressive. I'm uh, happy you're impressed. Yeah. Thank you. Gonzaga is the number one team. They're always good, but they're the number one team. They've been number one a couple times this year. What does that mean to the league to have the number one team in the in the country? It's incredible, and and what they've built, and we've we've talked about this seemingly every year, but what they've built and sustained for a twenty plus year period is unprecedented. But this team in particular. I mean, far be it for me to declare anything, but it certainly seems as though it might be the best one they've had. My goodness, they're deep, and they are hitting their stride at the right. They weren't really ever out of stride, to be fair. They're they're impressive, and they're fun to watch, maybe not if you're a fan of the opposing team, but my goodness. We haven't fun, had fun watching them against BYU this year. <laughs> understand. They've, no, they've been incredible. Um, but but so- it's, it is. It's, it's impressive, and... And honestly, it really helps us generate more exposure for the conference. And frankly, the challenge for us in the conference office is telling the story nationally that the conference is better. And it's not just the number one team beating up on a bunch of not good teams. Everybody's better, but they're just that darn good. Yes. They won the league by five games. I mean, it, that's just They have silly. two losses. One at North Carolina, where they scored over 100 points in that game. And now North Carolina is ranked, I think, number five in the country. So hard to win in Chapel. And then they lost to Tennessee, who was ranked that number here? one I for a long time. I think it was in Vegas. Even, yeah. On a neutral side in Arizona. Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay, yeah. Gotta let that those, those are the in two the, losses. In the desert. They beat Duke head-to-head. I mean... Good grief. This only team to beat Duke when Duke was at full strength. With, right. with the Zion. With all yes. yep, 10 pairs of shoes. And Gonzaga wasn't at full strength, obviously, at that Without time. Killian Tilly. That's right. right. Okay, so being the number one team in the country, I got the strong impression when I was in Spokane to watch BYU play uh, at uh, the McCarthy Athletic Center for the first time ever um, and just was blown away by it. What a game to watch, too. Well, I mean, they put the pedal to the metal late, and I just, again, I was. The ability to spurt, it's unbelievable. They're up by 11 with 10 minutes to go, and then they win by 34. And that wasn't the only time. I mean, that happened several times this season. Yes. Okay. So I got the impression from fans and from talking with different sports media personalities up there that anything less than a national championship may qualify as a disappointment. Is that a fair statement? I I can't speak for them, but I I think that certainly for many of their fans, that's absolutely the expectation. the, The program knows they're capable, but coach cliche speak, you really can't view it like that. You really have to say, all right, we're playing here Monday night we got to get ready for whatever opponent we're going to face, and then we have a quick turn, and we got to play Tuesday if we win against, again, an unknown opponent until the night before. So you really can't view it like that if you're within the program. But, yeah, I think as an outsider, that's not an unfair expectation, as unfair as it is. That is wild. Yeah, I, I would say Final Four or bust. National title feels like a lot. That but, is wild. But let's talk about the rest of the league. So right now St. Mary's in Lenardi's bracket is two out. So they're on the fringe. If they win Monday, maybe they uh, maybe they get in. So what's the conversation like? Because I know the NCAA Selection Committee talks with the conference as you guys try and uh, convince them that, hey, St. Mary's is an NCAA tournament team. Yeah, make and the they're case. probably the only team in the mix, right? St. San Francisco probably fell out. Yeah, I think I think that's fair, Jerem, is that today St. Mary's is the, the other one in discussion beyond Gonzaga. And, and look, we actually had a call with the committee yesterday. Again, these are regularly scheduled uh, on a monthly basis. Every conference does it. Uh, ours just happened to be yesterday. But St. Mary's is an NCAA tournament team. I mean, if you watched the selection show last year, Bruce Rasmussen, who was the chair, specifically called out St. Mary's and, and for their lack of scheduling in the non-conference. And they've gone out and done that. And they have a strength of schedule in the top 40 now. Their net, which is the new NCAA 
primary ranking that combines a lot of different things, and it's mixed up in some lab somewhere. There are 38. So St. Mary's answered the bell and played the tougher schedule, and today they deserve to be in. Jeff Toriel with us on BYU Sports Nation, West Coast Conference Associate Commissioner, Broadcast Administration, and Strategic Communications. Okay, Emphasis on the strategic uh, based on our conversation here in the last few minutes. Um, on the women's side, it appears that BYU and Gonzaga right now are very comfortable in as at-large bids, regardless of what happens here in Las Vegas. How confident do you feel that, uh, regardless of how these games play out, that Gonzaga and BYU, the league, will at least get two teams in? Yeah, we're very confident. And, and Spencer, you, you never know. We're not in the room when those discussions are taking place. But again, we have the calls with the committee on a monthly basis on the women's side, too. And and, and there's no question that both Gonzaga and BYU have played well enough to be NCAA tournament teams. And, and you know, we don't know what's going to happen here, but I think certainly today they're both in. Jeff, you've known Jerem for a long time, nine years. You've known me uh, for just about that length of time as well. Um, you've seen him evolve yes. uh, from a very young broadcaster into this dapper, he was always polished dapper. Goodness. broadcaster that he is today. And, and you did something I, I'm so happy that you did today. Well, you sent us a picture. Well, and, and look, I mean, you know, <laughs> Jeremy and I have been buddies for a long time. This is my ninth tournament. This is our fifth year here. Congrats on the five years. Thank you. My ninth, it's Jerem's ninth yeah. year at the tournament yeah. in Vegas. And uh-huh. so I was doing a little digging and, and found something fun from, from 2011 that maybe we would all enjoy seeing. Okay. Yes, please. What What is this? Show the show the people the goodness of uh, Jeremy. Okay, so we... <laughs> we can't see it on the TV in front of us, but we're being told that everybody else can see it across the country. So, ex- I, I don't know. I don't know. What it how is. did you find this, Jeff? Yeah. I was actually looking for something else from our 2011 tournament in our photo archive, and I came across a couple of gems of of Mr. Jordan here, and so I decided yeah. I would I would share Bravo. one with, with yeah. Bravo. I, Bravo. I solo hosted halftime and bridge shows. Oh no, this was on court. You were on the court. oh on court. Okay. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, and I yeah, it was fun. I, doing a thirty-minute show by yourself is really hard. <laughs> but you're a pro, exactly. I don't know that I was a pro then. <laughs> I would hope that I am now. Eight years is a long time. <laughs> Jeff, great to have you with us. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma too. Yeah, good luck uh, with survive the, uh, the, the event, the madness. Yeah, you guys do a lot here. So we no games it. down. Eighteen to go. Let's go, man. Eighteen to go. Maybe you Woo! can send some of that karma to your Atlanta Braves. We got to mention the Braves when you talk to us, right? It is spring training time. Yes. Can't wait. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Coming up, head coach Dave Rose joins us. What's the latest with Gavin Baxter, and how do the Cougars prepare for an opponent they don't even know yet? And more of your realistic expectations for BYU basketball at the West Coast Conference Tournament. Can you have realistic expectations? Just take off the blue goggles for a minute. This is BYU Sports Nation. Good things come to those who wait, right? And the BYU women's basketball team is the two seed. They're going to play in the semifinals Monday at 5 Eastern time on BYU TV in the app. They're going to sit here, let everyone else play and get tired, and then they'll play it somebody on Monday in the semifinals. Studio B South at the Orleans Arena or Studio V. Welcome back. Day one of our coverage here at the West Coast Conference Basketball Championships. This is the sixth time we have broadcasted live from the Orleans Arena with this show. Five years on air with uh, the television side as of yesterday. On the telly. Yeah. Wow. What a run. Welcome back again. Uh, Let's keep it rolling with another look at our headlines. 
BYU men's basketball announces the addition of Taylor Miller to the roster for the 2019-2020 season. Miller, a 6'2 guard out of Palo Verde High School here in Las Vegas, led the state in scoring 27 points a game as a senior, recently returned from his mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to North Carolina in December. He began practicing with the BYU basketball team in January. BYU baseball hosts Milwaukee tonight. First of a four-game series at Miller Park. Listen to it on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern. The Cougars have won six of the last seven. BYU men's golf star Peter Quest for perfection. Ranked number one for Team USA in the Arnold Palmer Cup rankings. The Arnold Palmer Cup. The collegiate equivalent of the Ryder Cup where the best of the U.S. and each team is made up of six men and six women take on a team of 12 collegiate golfers on the international side it's slated for june 7th through the 9th in norman oklahoma and if that's not enough golf news for you on the women's side rose huang named the west coast conference golfer of the month for february with an average score of just over 74 strokes huang led byu in scoring at both tournaments last month continues play at the untrata classic on monday and tuesday good luck to rose and number 16 byu gymnastics competes at number 11 boise state tonight nine eastern byu posted its highest score of the season in february against the broncos a 196 nine good luck yes can we get them some karma somehow at least they have shannon evans and she is crushing it right oh, now. oh well the whole team's good they're ranked 16th 16th they finished last season number 17 and at this juncture of the season, with the regional qualifying score, RQS, jumping up, that is uh, a definitive way to show some improvement. Our question of the day, what are your realistic expectations for BYU at the West Coast Conference Tournament? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At TX Colonel, longtime tweet friend of the program, in on Twitter, win a game, anything less is disappointment. Hopefully, BYU beats St. Mary's. That would be a pleasant surprise. Then beat San Francisco for the championship. Hashtag BYUSN. Hashtag Go Dons. Yeah, uh, to beat Gonzaga. I yes. See what uh-huh. uh, yeah, the realistic expectation is certainly to win the quarterfinal, and then it's going to be a competitive, tough battle on Monday if BYU gets to that, and I expect BYU to get to that. Yeah, I, I said get to Tuesday. I, that's my hope. My expectation is get to Monday and, and play competitively. Play a great game yes. and, and hopefully come out a victor, right? Um, that's going to be a tough one against St. Mary's. Margie Metnet adds uh, on Facebook, BYU's brought down Goliath before, and they can do it again. Um, so we think that Goliath may not have been able to see very well. This Goliath has glasses. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they and can... TJ reached into his pouch and took out a stone and slung yeah. it. And down and goes Hachimura. dodged it and went on a 10-0 run. <laughs> and down goes Hachimura. But Brandon Clark picks up where he leaves off. It's diff- like this team is different, and it's going to be really hard to play within 20, let alone beat them. But I believe that be- that's not the goal right now. The goal is to win Saturday, get to Monday, and win that, and then just see if you can't play the game of your life. Hashtag BYUSN if you would like to join the conversation at any point. Our coverage from the Orleans Arena continues right after this. Coming up, Dave Rose joins us. Will Gavin Baxter play Saturday? We'll ask him. Yes, the coach and his surly point guard, TJ Haas. Will he utilize the fact that TJ was left off the first team all-conference to motivate his guy here in Vegas? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, 
the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Batcats are on the radio tonight as they host the Milwaukee, don't call us the Brewers, Panthers. Listen on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern. Your boy Greg Rubel is going to call the game. This is his first baseball game. Exciting. I believe it's Milwaukee, Algonquin for the good land. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) This is our question of the day. Oh, Alice Cooper actually explained that. Sorry. What are your realistic expectations for BYU at the West Coast Conference Tournament? Troy Beagley answers on Facebook. Honestly, if BYU comes to win, I expect them to be in the championship game against Gonzaga and then keep it close score-wise. If they can do that, I'd be happy. That's the goal is get to Tuesday and see if you just can't do something crazy. Head coach BYU basketball Dave Rose joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline as he prepares for one of three teams that uh, the Cougars could potentially play on Saturday night. Coach, welcome to BYU Sports Nation via the phone line. I'm not sure we've ever done this on the phone with you, so uh, thanks for taking some time out of your days. You're still in Utah. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Hope things are uh, going well. What's the weather like down there? Warmer than Utah, high 50s, a little bit windy, but uh, when you get here, I think it should be picture perfect. So you're coming at, at a great time. Well, good. Have they, have they had a lot of rain? They've had some rain, yeah. We just got in yesterday. But, uh, we're, Dave, honestly, we're going to be inside all day today and tomorrow, <laughs> so we don't really know. Yeah, yeah but it, it, does, you know, it does affect your, uh, um, you know, just your mental health when the sun's shining. So That's let's, true. Let's yeah. get the sun shining. Very, absolutely. We, we will take all of the positive mental health we can get uh, approaching yeah. Saturday. And, and I mentioned your team is preparing for three different teams, potentially, uh, when you open up in the quarterfinals, Portland, Santa Clara, and San Diego. What's the challenge of that like as you're not sure who you're going to play yet? Well, I, I think the most important thing is uh, in this period is, it, is you kind of just prepare yourself for you, for your team, and, and get your guys. We've been playing really well. I mean, we we, we had um, when you really break it down. I mean, the last three weeks or so, four weeks of the season, the, the guys have we've continued to get better, and we've played well. We played thirty, you know, five, you know, thirty-four really good minutes against uh, San Francisco, and and had that uh, had that game in you know in hand as far as our ability to just finish it off and. So you take the last seven or eight minutes from that game out, and we had at Gonzaga. We played them way better. We played them the first time, and with ten to go, it was a ten-point game. And you know they finished how they've finished, you know, most of their conference games. But so you you take the uh, the bulk of the minutes, and then we played well against San Diego, and uh, you know had a had a nice win there. So um, you know I, I hope we can kind of build on that momentum. The two losses kind of you know mentally, you know, just you know, hurt, you know, the momentum, you know, in in that week. But I think that uh, the guys feel good about a big win, and now we'll go down there and and, and, and continue to worry about ourselves, prepare ourselves to, to be our best. And, uh, um, you know, you take it – you can't win the tournament unless you win the first game. So we'll just uh, go one game at a time. Santa Clara is an interesting one because you played them once. They're one of two teams you played once, and you played them back on January 19th. So that yeah. would certainly be an interesting challenge if it's Santa Clara. In San Diego, you kind of have the scout from last Saturday ready to go, right? Yeah, and, you know, I think the uh, the Santa Clara game, we were in a, we were in a, a real different spot, you know, um, when we played. We played really well offensively, defensively. They kind of found some things and, and exploited us, especially there in the second half. Um, but, you know, Gav is a much bigger part of our – our game plan now, uh, especially on the defensive end, 
Um, you know, and, and I, I feel like our rotation on a guard line is a lot more secure. Um, and, you know, the experience of, of you know, McKay and Nick and, and TJ and Zach, those guys, have, um, it's different. It's a different feel. And they're a little bit different team, too. They're playing the same guys, but they're playing a little bit different. Um, and some of the adjustments they made against us, um, I think we'll probably see again. But but they're they're a pretty hot team too. They they've they're winning some games, and I think that their their mindset is probably better than San Diego's. They're probably really happy that they finished as the what's what sixth seed, and, and San Diego's probably a little bit disappointed they finished as the seventh seed. So if they do end up playing each other, it'll be not only a battle of just you know the the, the physical players, but mentally there'll be a lot going on too. Coach Dave Rose of BYU Basketball with us on BYU Sports Nation. And you brought up Gavin Baxter, your all-West Coast Conference freshman team performer. He has come on strong, as you mentioned as well. Where does he stay, or where, what is his status in terms of being expected to play on Saturday night? Well, he'll play. I mean, that's that's our, you know, obviously the the, the goal. We'll, we'll just have to see uh, each day in practice he's got a little bit stronger. But, but you can tell that, he, you know, that week of not practicing and the illness – Really set him back. So hopefully we can get him in back into decent shape. It might it might be one of those games where the first one back that uh, we really watch the length of time he's on the floor. You know, hopefully the the amount uh, in total will will be the same, but maybe in smaller uh, you know increments, maybe three, four, five minutes here, three, four, five minutes there, get him out and rest him a little bit, um, and and just watch him a little bit more because he's. Uh, you know he's over. He's trying to overcome something that's uh, really knocked him out. T.J. Haas was on the second team this week. He's definitely a first teamer, um, and he's a level-headed guy off the court. On the court, he's very dialed in, very determined. Do you think he uses this in a positive way at all, or does it not matter? Well, you probably have to ask T.J. You know uh, how he really feels, and um, I, I think that he, you know, was slighted. No question that uh, he, most of the coaches in the league, if you, you were, you know, going to start a team with 10 guys that you'd want TJ on that team. I think one of the issues, there were a lot of point guards, you know, on that 10 men, 10 man team. And so that might've come down to it. Um, but, you know, Jordan Ford and Josh Perkins and Bateman and Ferrari. And I mean, those, those are all pretty good players. And I think uh, for me as a player, um, the individual awards just kind of come, would come and go. And there wasn't a lot put into it after the season. You might, hang your hat on things like that. But during the season, it's on to the next challenge. Dave Rose with us on BYU Sports Nation as his Cougars prepare for one of three teams on Saturday night. When you look at the Mountain West Conference Tournament in the Thomas and Mack Arena, and, and you've been into six of those as the head coach, and the West Coast Conference Tournament in the Orleans, uh, now seven going on eight, how do those two events and venues compare? Well, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I think it's... Uh, they're all real challenges. You know, we've been to the finals in both of those tournaments and both those venues and haven't, you know, won the tournament and got the automatic bid in either of them. We've got to the finals and been invited uh, from the WCC and uh, been invited to the NCAA tournament from the Mount West Conference. Now, those are the similarities. The other similarity is that um, it's a real home court feel for obviously UNLV when we played in the Thomas Mack, and it's a a real home court feel for the Zags because of just how they turn out. It's uh, we have good crowds down there, uh, but it you know it's it's probably three to one in the championship games. If there's nine thousand seats there, that they've got you know uh, 
six and also maybe two to one, six to six thousand. We got three thousand, and so that that's a similar feel. But uh, you know, trying to trying to finish that last game off. I thought last year, you know, we really dialed in and we we played you know really competitive uh, first half you know, of the first half, and then we just couldn't make a shot and got away from us. So hopefully we can get ourselves to that point again. That's how the brackets, uh, you know, f- play out, and, and hopefully that uh, this year the outcome will be different. We talked to you at length during the summer after Gonzaga. Kind of uh, there was rumors of them going to the Mountain West and whatnot. So the format changed in this to trying to accommodate perhaps some requests there, right, slash the best interests of the league. So now that we're actually at this tournament, what do you think of the return to this format where one and two get a bite of the semis and three, four, and five, six kind of wait to come in? Well, I, th- I think if you look around the country, that that's more common now than uh, – you know, you look at the Power Five conferences, and there's always, you know, buys to, um, you know, the second round or third round or whatever it might be. And Biggie's been doing it for years, um, and so I, I think that, you know, it's uh, that's not really as big an issue as as the real issue that we never talk about, and and it, it's hard. But uh, you know, Sunday being a day off in the middle of a tournament, you know, that's uh, that's the thing you got to manage. And, and I've I've got our guys right now just. You know, believing that this is a, a good spot for us because we'll come in, uh, you know, practicing on Thursday, practicing on Friday, playing on Saturday, and then just go through our normal routine with a, you know, a day off, and then play on Monday. The thing we'll be playing a team on Monday that hasn't played, and that'll be the only difference. Coach, you've got a Vegas kid recently added to the roster, Taylor Miller, who was a standout, led the state of Nevada at 27 a game as a senior before his mission. What can you tell us about Taylor Miller? Well, you know, Taylor enrolled in, in January and has been, you know, practicing, getting himself in shape uh, from the mission. He was sort of served in North Carolina, but he was, uh, you know, uh, had a tremendous senior season down in Vegas at Palo Verde High School. And we were, uh, you know, really excited when his family contacted us and, and said that he was uh, returning from his mission, looking to see if maybe, um, you know, we would be interested in having him come. And so he enrolled, and we've been able to watch him play. And it's a, he's a guy that I think could, you know, really help our roster. Uh, you know, I, I, it, it, we'll have uh, quite a, uh, a, a stable full of guards next year, experienced guards, especially you add Jesse Wade into the mix. But uh, Taylor's a guy who's got, you know, really good uh, potential and a great work ethic. He's got good athleticism and um, look forward to having him in our program. Coach, great stuff. We appreciate the time. I want you to know that uh, I know you're a baseball savant. I brought my glove and baseball. So uh, if you want to enjoy the Vegas weather. And Dave, I forgot my mitt. Do you mind grabbing it? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll pick up your mitt. You guys can play on that little strip of AstroTurf that's out in front of the Tom, I mean the, uh, the Orleans Arena. Perfect. Oh, great stuff. Thanks so much, Coach. Okay, see you guys. Good luck to you. Thank, Thank you. you. Dave Rose on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. When he says to you, he means all of BYU TV. we got a lot going on today and tomorrow. Appreciate it. Coming up, Peter Quest for Perfection makes some big-time golf news. Yes, he does. And BYU Baseball back to work as they look to build on an 8-3 and three record. Plus, who gets our rise and shout-out? A number one program, Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests, West Coast Conference Associate Commissioner Jeff Torrio and BYU Basketball Head Coach Dave Rhodes. If you missed any of the program, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Dennis Pitta, we're at a basketball tournament. We don't, we don't, we're not talking to you, okay? No time for you. Uh, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. 
men's basketball. UA adds Taylor Miller to the roster for next season. Miller's the 6'2 guard out of Palo Verde High here in Las Vegas, where he led the state of Nevada at scoring 27 a game as a senior. Went on his mission to North Carolina, came back in December. He's been practicing with the team since January. He's redshirt. Baseball. Hosting Milwaukee tonight for the first of a four-game series at Miller Park. 7-3 Batcats on BYU Radio at 80s, and the Cougars have won six of their last seven. Golf. Peter Quest is on the Arnold Palmer Cup men's team, which is the college equivalent of the Ryder Cup. Quest is also the top-ranked player on the team. Rose Wong is the West Coast Conference Women's Golfer of the Month for February. Wong averaged a score of 74.5 per round. Gymnastics. 16th-ranked BYU. The Gymcats compete at number 11 Boise State tonight at 9 Eastern. Cougars play second against the Broncos in Provo, earning their highest score of the season with a 196.9. Softball. BYU's playing Bob Morris right now, up 1-0 <laughs> into the third, uh, and then they play Long Beach State at 2.30 Eastern. Oh, that just sounds funny. Robert Morris. Bob Morris. Uh, Bobby Morris, yeah. Today's rise and shout-outs for me. I'm giving it to the BYU Business School, Jerem. Number one, according to the latest rankings of the world's best business schools by Business Week, BYU comes in ranked number one. Business Week asks thousands of recruiters which graduates are better trained than graduates from other schools, and BYU tops the list, followed by the likes of Georgetown, Carnegie Mellon, and Yale. Pretty good. Okay, my rise and shout-out goes to Jacob Hanneman. He's uh, with the Cubs in spring training, uh, tossed a ball up to his son with his dad at Sloan Park in Mesa. His, he catches it, and he says, Dad's at the baseball game. Oh, yes, so he is. He so plays cute. for the Cubs. Very cool. I love it. Our question of the day, what are your realistic expectations for BYU at the West Coast Conference Tournament? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. At BYU Apologist is answers on Twitter. I go into this tournament with the same expectation I have every year for BYU to grant me my one and only birthday wish and win the tournament. Needless to say, they owe me. Wow, that'd be a great birthday present. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Trent Whiting, member of that 2001 BYU Men's Basketball Tournament Championship team. Go Cougs. We'll see you for games at 3 Eastern.